is the Tabernacle Podcast with John Vermilia and me, Britton Bishop. What's up, John? What's up is I'm worried. I'm worried about you, bro. Worried about me? What are you worried about me for? I'm worried about you because you're not your normal self. I'm allowed to be sad, John. What are you sad about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not sad. I'm tired. You ti- Well, you started with sad, so let's be no, honest. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not sad. I'm you're tired. Not sad? No, just a lot of uh, driving back and forth from Grand Rapids. It's been a busy week. So, What's in Grand Rapids? Why would we care about Grand Rapids? Oh, Hope Cole. Hope Cole. There it is. My I only just hope needed is to, in Grand Rapids. My show. only hope. Your hope and is- And it's not Chick-fil-A. Well, the other thing is I'm fired up. Okay, so you're- you're a little bit tired, and you need to keep drinking that I so will. we can get fired up. You're because have to be a carry today. We have guests. We do. We've been trying to get these guests for almost a year. I'm fired up about these guests. Absolutely. So today we are joined by Tacus Pfeiffer and Jessica Herrand. So Jessica is the superintendent at Buckley Community Schools, and Tacus is in charge of the mechanic garage right down the road. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Tacus is a, uh, he's the Swiss army knife of Buckley. So yeah, we're pumped you guys are here. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well this yeah. morning. Been up since 345. I know. I'm, I was really, I was honored to know that you canceled school for the sake of being on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. They can we say it was the roads, but. Yes, this is a nice day. <laughs> this is also historic. Yes. This is historic. Uh, uh, because Tacus is also a member of the village council. So first village council member that we've had on the podcast that I'm aware of, that I'm aware of. And second, in case you don't know, uh, first brother and sister combo, right? And we'll let, you know, we'll let you guess which one is older, but Takis and Jessica are brother and sister. And so, yeah, we're fired up to have you guys. Takis, thanks for being here. Thanks. Glad to be here. So we're, uh, today we're going to do, we haven't done this segment in a while. Actually, it's been, I texted John when you texted me that they were a go. I was pretty excited because we haven't had a change life story segment on the podcast in a while. And so what we'll do, um, the listeners all know they're excited, right? Cause they get to listen to everything that's ever happened in your life. No, I'm just Everything. Yeah. All the yeah. dirty all, laundry. All right 10 now. minutes of it. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what we'll do is we'll just kind of break it down. And, uh, as you guys remember it and, uh, there are no fact checkers, so say whatever you want. It's our podcast. So, um, we'll just kind of start it out. Jessica, for you, what was kind of growing up in Buckley, what were some of kind of the first, or I don't know if you guys actually grew up here or not. Did you guys grow up here? We did actually guys? did not. Tacus was not even born in this state, which okay. may surprise people. <laughs> um, elementary school in Port Angeles, Washington. Okay. My parents grew up in Traverse City and then we moved to Buckley. I was in sixth grade. He was in first. Awesome. Wow. So you guys moved here. So we'll just, the stu- all the stuff before Buckley, we'll just leave as a mystery. But sixth grade, moving to Buckley, Michigan. What was that like? Yeah. So it's sort of like being Buzz Lightyear. Half of the people are super excited to hang out with the new toy, and half will never trust that you are really. I know this feeling. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying, as an outsider coming in here, like all the kids, there's some kids are just all around you, like, tell us about the outside world. Right. And then the other half are like, outsider, run away. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be trusted. Yeah. I relate I relate deeply to that. Being <laughs> moving to Manistee, it was like half of the community was really excited that there was a new face and a new person. The other half of the community was like, Well, what about the old toys? Right. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. And, and what's funny about that is everyone you tell them you're from Washington, they're like, Oh, like the state? Or like <laughs> no, no, not the capital, just yeah. the state. <laughs> oh, there is a state. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you were first grade. So what was that like for you making the move? Do you remember any of that really? Or you know, I I remember we when we came over, 
we had a couple days left in the school year, so we had some school in Traverse, but then we immediately lived with our grandparents because okay. we didn't have a house yet. My parents had to figure out where we were going to rent, so we were kind of, you know, in transition there right at the beginning and found a place on 633, which is about three miles from here, and that was really kind of the start for us. Yeah, so 633, three miles from here. So what was kind of starting that kind of transition into life in northern Michigan from Washington? Was there some, like— Growing pains along the way. What was that like? Because you were middle school age, so that couldn't have been. That's probably, that's a difficult time to make that transition. I think that's something we've talked about quite a bit. So what was that like kind of moving to a new place? Like you used the Buzz Lightyear, but what was that from a standpoint of being? Well, weather was fun. The first time it rained in Michigan and it's done in like 30 seconds, you know, where you (laughs) still like it rains three days later, you might see sunshine. Um, so there was that piece. Um, it You know, it's a small community. I was in the canning center. So there was like 25 of us in the canning center with Mr. Galaxin. Uh, so we kind of had our own little world. I guess that was a great way to start is with just one classroom all by itself, separate from the school building. Um, so it was it was just in, totally different from where we came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we're talking first grade for me. I'm thinking, you know, you don't know anybody at school yet. You're about to ride a school bus, but you don't know anybody. And sports hadn't started. So, like, you didn't really have any connection with people anyways. And at that point, we weren't even going to church. So, like, you just were kind of. You were just here with your family, and it was just kind of like you were being observed almost. Yeah, and, and summertime was really kind of boring because, mm-hmm. like, you don't go anywhere. You didn't do anything. Come you have any friends. You- yeah. yeah, you'd have friends. Late get your gummy wasn't popping off back then. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we grew up by the ocean, so there's like things in the water, so you don't go swimming okay. like you do there's here. Probably so things that in was Lake like Gitchigumi, a whole. Let's be honest. Yeah, crayfish. <laughs> they swore there was nothing in there, and there's crayfish in there. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Funny. So, so what was so you just, so you said you guys weren't going to church yet. Mm-hmm. So, did did you guys grow up in a Christian home, or what did that look like? Yeah, so my my grandparents did. Okay, but our parents didn't, mm-hmm. and so you know. Basically, we're just kind of disconnected at this point and kind of doing our own thing. And I remember going to first grade, and I actually took first grade twice. So the first time around, uh, you know, Mr. Welling, Scott Welling was one of my teachers. And so I knew him, you know, as a teacher. And it wasn't long after that, probably within a year or so, that the whole Jim Aker story started where he shows up (laughs) at the front door and wants to talk to my parents and say, hey, you know, you've got kids. Can we get them connected and bring them to church? And my parents weren't against the church thing. They, they grew up in a house that had gone to church, but they didn't do themselves. And hey, the worst case scenario is free babysitting for a few hours, right? right. <laughs> and so he always liked the fact that Jim was a military guy. And so Jim was able to make that connection to say, hey, let, let's start this thing here. And that's how it kind of started. Yeah. So Jim Aker, for those people that don't know, because you you guys definitely grew up in the Buckley Gospel Tabernacle. We'll get yes, more to that here yes. in a second. Yeah. But as far as the kind of like the modern tabernacle, there's a lot of people don't know who Jim is. So Jim is uh, like a native, and uh, this, how tall is Jim? I want to be kind. He's maybe 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, You're kind. Yeah, 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, seven, seven. Uh, uh, but he is one of the pillars of this church, and he and his wife, his family, you know, they were a big part of it. This guy's on the board, or has been on the board, and was... Uh, you know, Sunday school teacher and all this. So I've just have this image because my wife's told me, because she grew up in this church, that back in the day, Jim had like flaming red hair. So mm-hmm. did you know Jim when he had flaming red hair? I know. No, I don't think I did. No, yeah, he I, did not. He did not. So have he was already grade. 
He was yeah, already great. Already great. I actually didn't even know that. Um, Marcy and Ed Pearson were actually our um, my Sunday school teachers, and until she had children with red hair, I was like, "Where on earth did that come from?" Gotcha. I had no idea Jim had red hair. And Marcy's Jim's daughter. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, so this guy just randomly shows up at your house mm-hmm. and says, "Hey, um, we'd like to bring your kids to church." Yeah, and I didn't know the connections at that time. You know, I didn't know who Scott Welling really was. I didn't know who the Acres were. I mean, there's a whole group of families there that, as a kid. First grade, clueless, no idea. Right. And so so he was first grade. So he's a little bit more like, I don't know, like still being able to be formed, maybe like open to these things. But as a middle schooler, what was that like for you of like, okay, we're going to go to this new place, do this church thing? Because what I find, because I'm the student ministries mm-hmm, pastor, mm-hmm. and what I find is that that age group is kind of you're learning how to think for yourself a little bit. I'm starting to form my own opinions outside of whatever my family might think. So what did that look like for you in that situation? Is it like, hey, we're going to start going to church and doing this stuff? I, I don't I think I started coming for the cookies, and I can't even tell you they were good cookies. When you'd ride the bus, <laughs> no such thing. it was those cookie. old school church cookies. They're not, not Oreos, like yeah. the ones with the lemon yep. and the vanilla. Yes. <laughs> they were lemon, they were vanilla, and they were chocolate. Yes. And that was like the highlight of getting here was the lemon cookies on the bus. Our our Sunday school class at mine had maybe five of us in it. I think there might have been five. Um, so that was definitely a different experience. You had to wear a dress. Like, that was important. Really? Yeah. I actually distinctly remember being approached by a, a person in the church once being like, I'm really glad you're wearing a skirt today because otherwise, you know, that would just not be cool. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So. Those yeah. those were kind of the starting times. I, I didn't know that. Yes. So what was that for you? Like as you look back at that, did that like hearing like, oh, I'm glad you wore this. Like there was this expectation. Did that kind of mess with your view of God at all, or mess with your view of the church, or was it just kind of like a, well, there's cookies, I'll do whatever it takes. So, <laughs> so you know, it was about finding your your fit in the program. And I actually really, I've always enjoyed children. This should not be a surprise to people. Um, so spent more time in the nursery, like mm-hmm. pretty much anything. I, I remember the red carpet upstairs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that red carpet. It was yes, sweet. I do. And the pews. And we always sat in the back. And we always sat in the exact same spot. I'm slightly embarrassed to say I have no idea what they talked about up in the front. It was long. And if you could go and work in the nursery instead. And that's really where I learned the most mm-hmm. about church was up with the moms in the nursery, which used to be upstairs. And you could kind of oversee the service. Okay, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. And then for you, what was it like? Were you slacks and tie on or did you? No, I was uh, <laughs> definitely not. I was the kid that needed a haircut, you know, two All times time. ago. Right. And, I you tried know. to cut it once. <laughs> tried to cut your hair. Oh, they've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But like. Yeah, you... I would have loved to seen a video of that. <laughs> Big back. sister yeah, cutting you. the hair of little brother. So he's appropriate to back in the day, legalistic tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was, I mean, I remember thinking, like, on the, being on that church bus, when we say bus, really, it was a van. And uh, I, say, I need to circle back to that, because I'm lobbying for a bus nowadays. And if it worked back then, maybe I can leverage you guys' changed life story for why we need one. But Yeah, continue. so it was a van, and it had cookies, right? And so that's what we're there for. And because you think, they're talking about you know, what heaven's going to be like, and there's going to be all this singing and stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't really like the singing we're doing, you know? <laughs> and like, so, like, you, you kind of form this opinion in right. your mind, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I love the brutal honesty, bro. Yeah, no, it's true though because I think for me, I grew up like the first couple years that I went to church. We went to this old school First Baptist Church, and mm-hmm. I remember there was those little like fundamental moments where it was like a guy came in and he was a 
first time visitor. And I remember going to lunch afterwards and hearing like what the adults were saying about this guy that just came and was worshiping. And like, he lifted his hand and this was like a, what is he, what, what does he think that we're about? You don't put hands in the air. Like and it was you just, just don't care. And do I remember. Do not clap. <laughs> don't do clap. Not clap after the <laughs> right. music. That yeah. is wrong. Yeah. And I remember being, it was probably similar age to yeah. you. And it was just kind of forming in me like, oh, okay. So like I was associating all of those experiences with the characteristics of God. And so like what I was seeing and experiencing in the church had to be true about God because that was my only understanding of it. Yeah. Was that something you were kind of running into as well? Yeah. And, and really at that point in my life, this whole God church thing, it was not attractional really. Mm. It, it, it was something to do, but it hadn't morphed into what we're going to get to in a little bit. Right. So it was just kind of something we were doing, but yeah. I hadn't mm. been engaged. The cookies yet. were the most attractional thing. <laughs> yeah, you got you suckered had. in by things like that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if only it was that easy nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> cookies. So now it's iPads. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Uh, yeah. So as as you guys grew up in this church, now full full confession, mm-hmm. that's a part of the history that I wish wasn't there, but I'm also learning that God and His providence uh, has a way of working despite us. So there might have been well-meaning people, and, and which, by the way, I, I would say I, I don't believe that was the heart of like a Jim Aker, or you know, you're talking about a Mr. Totally. Welling, but there were certain people in leadership that reinforced those negative images of church, that it's about how you dress or it's about, you know, it's just going to be, you know, heaven, heaven is going to be you in a toga with a harp and it's just singing forever. Yep, and it's like, yep. I'm with you. When, when do we play in the mud in heaven? You know, if, if I'm in first grade, but when, when did that, well, take us into high school, like take us into the stuff of what you're dealing with at home and at school and church and kind of how all those worlds collide. The first? <laughs> High school was a rough place to be, especially in a small town where everybody knows every single thing about you. Um, so I would definitely say out. We had some struggles uh, outside of school and just life. You know, like Taka says, needing a haircut, just basic need stuff all the time was was a struggle. And so, uh, and everybody knew it. So, uh, that part was, was harder. I think everybody being aware, uh, one of the things I always like to tell people, my mom was actually the custodian at the school and I'm proud of that. And I think that, um, is something that is meaningful to the job I have now is being able to see that perspective, but kids were not kind about the fact, right? That your mom is the custodian in school. You look like you need Mm -hmm. a haircut. Um, I actually had somebody say to me once. Um, if I had known you didn't have nice shoes to wear, I would have brought you a pair today. And I happen to like the shoes I was wearing. I wore them because um. I chose them. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I remember high school as being difficult in that way. Mm. Um, we were runners, which is, you know, great athletic in our minds, but not everybody else feels that way about running. I find that strange, but mm. not everyone sees it as the cool, glamorous yeah. well, It kind of depends on where they land with the scripture, Proverbs 28, right? Yes. Only the wicked flee. So it's a conviction thing for me. It's <laughs> Only not the wicked flee from what? When they're not being pursued. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's, it's a conviction thing for me. It's not personal. It's my belief system, but yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But the uh, way that Jessica and Tagus run, there's always people behind them. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So they're yeah. all being pursued. Yeah. So what I'm picking up is... Um, you guys didn't have a lot. That's very, very fair to say. Yeah. I mean, so like, I mean, I think back going, you know, I was anything but cool, right? I was the kid that took first grade twice and would get beat up on the playground or bullied. And 
I've got good friends now that say back, hey, you know, I'm really sorry about all the wedgies you used to give me on the school bus, right? <laughs> wow. Like, like you fit that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you just. Wait, those are your, those are your friends now? So are you waiting to kill them in their sleep? You're no, just building no. that trust. He's going to give You're them building a that wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. But like, but like socially, you know, it's just, it was very uncool at that point mm-hmm. in our lives. And, you know, as, as you move on, you know, obviously life changes and opportunities come about, but it was a rough, rough get go. I, I told a story to John one time when I was younger. I remember, I must've been fourth grade, maybe younger. And Christmas came around and I uh, got a basketball. And I was actually upset about it. Most people would think, oh, but that's a decent thing. I mean, I guess there's cool things. And I was actually upset from kind of a, a different reason. I was upset because I know if I got the basketball, there may not be like milk in the refrigerator, right? Mm. So like that kind of sucked. But as you start seeing things transition forward more, all of a sudden things like money would show up in the mailbox for Christmas gifts and stuff. And so some normalcy would start coming about. And, you know, as a kid, you don't know where it comes from. You don't know how this works out, but clearly some people are, are starting to invest in our lives. And so things start to change at that point, but we didn't know, you know, why or how. Yeah. So at that age, you're just kind of like, oh, I got a basketball. What did our parents sacrifice? But now what I'm hearing you, so yeah. there was somebody that was seeing you guys and is how many siblings, is it just the two of you or is there more siblings? There's we three? keep that third one secret. Okay. She lives downstate. <laughs> oh, wow. So she was the- I'm going to make sure to send this podcast to her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but- well, for the sake of, so the two of you guys are kind of growing up and now mm-hmm. there's this church family maybe that is seeing and valuing you in a way that maybe you're not experiencing at school or from the rest of the community, but there's kind of this legalistic as it may be, but there's this place in the community where we are welcome and where people are willing to sacrifice time. They're willing to sacrifice maybe monetarily, but they're willing to give something for the sake of valuing us. So how did that kind of impact you guys and your view of God at that point? I mean, really, that's what it starts to change, your, your impression and view of, like, who is this God character? Why would somebody actually do something like this for me? Like, they don't get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember a moment where Judy LaCourse took my sister shopping, the, the middle sister, for college <laughs> stuff. Like, hey, wow. you, you just need this stuff. And she's going to pick you up. She's going to take you in. She's going to pay for it all. And it's just done. And I was like, who does this? Like, why would you do this? And so, like, that changed my perspective quite a bit, you know, when I was a high school kid. I was probably, a, at this point, you know, a sophomore or a junior. Like, I, I was far enough along the journey that it was, it was making sense. But, like, it's one thing to hear people talk about doing things, you know, for Christ and, and, and bringing this mission. It's another to see it and live it, though. So, like, all of a sudden, we're becoming that, you know, people that are getting invested into. And so it really is starting to impact kind of your, your mm. image of how this whole thing works out. Yeah. So, so if you don't know who Judy LaCourse is— she is another pillar of this church. She's actually shorter than Jim Maker, if you can imagine that. Uh, That's Britain, so true. Britain, the first time you preached at the tabernacle, uh, you were um, accosted. I'm, I'm, I mean, hugged by two little old ladies, and one of them was Judy. Because I, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Judy's awesome. She yeah. always, she's like my. I remember the first time I ever did like a. Um, welcome and yeah i was my typical self not like i am today but usually a little bit more energetic than this and i went up there and i said something to in a loud volume and a pitch that but i remember her sitting in her chair and i said what's up y'all and she just like out of her out of her seat <laughs> pops out and then it was like oh man i almost killed that lady just now <laughs> just with my welcome uh, but uh no we've had a good moment of reconciliation and she's she's awesome so yeah, sure. yeah so but there's just these staples in the in the church that are continuing to show up, and I think for, for the sake of the podcast listeners listening, and they're just being dominoes, yeah. right? They're not. What I'm hearing you say is 
Judy didn't pull you guys aside and and give you that where's what to about the gospel and all that. She just lived it and she showed you what it looks like to love God and love people just in your everyday living and was just a part of that domino chain is kind of what I'm hearing. So what was that like? Do you have any stories like that that stick out to you from along the way? Or Yeah, absolutely. Like I remember the time the, the Meyer gift cards just show up in the mailbox um, right before Christmas. It was one of the most fun I think we've ever had at Christmas time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh, the box of food, you just open up your door and there's just a box of food. I I still don't know where it came from, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, people sponsoring uh running uniforms. I, I have no idea where any of that stuff came from. I mean, I have a, a thought of where it came from. So the while they had maybe different rules or different things, they always had the love community part mm. down. I feel like that was a part of loving people that we, we really grew up mm-hmm. knowing about and, and uh, really was the part that kept us coming back. Mm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So for you guys personally, like what, what did it look like for you guys and your relationship with like Jesus, where it was no longer just about coming to church or experiencing the love from other people. But what did that look like for you guys as you were continuing to be here? Like, when did Jesus kind of become less of a, I'm just getting on this bus for the cookies, but it's like, oh man, this might be real. This might be worth something looking into if that, if you guys don't mind breaking that down. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a cultural change, right? So mm-hmm. you, you had the Warners kind of transitioned out and, if, and then the shelters come in and you start kind of figuring out, Hey, this thing is actually kind of cool. Right. And then you get this, you know, John starts coming on staff, and that's really when things change for us as kids. John probably doesn't know. How old were you guys when John came on staff? You guys were kids? I think Jessica was already in college. I was actually already in college by then, but But I remember Takis because uh, in in the Warner, those names he was dropping were were former pastors. But I I think you were in 10th or 11th grade, I think. Is when it was. Did I get that right? About 2003-ish. Yeah, about 2003. I graduated in 2005, so to his point. Yeah. So you were off to college already. Yes. And you went to- Grand Valley. Grand Valley. Did you run there? I did not. Okay. Um, I took 26 credits at a time. I'm one of those people who- I took 12 and still had- 26 credits at a time? I I, took 12 and still had to have somebody do my homework. So, you know, you pay- Britain crammed four years into five. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime I didn't have like an 18, because that's, you know, the max, you you know, we view money differently. Some people are like, oh, I'm going to do the 12 because that's the least I can do for the amount of money that I pay. And I'm like, I'm paying money for this. So I paid every penny. So I'm taking every class. So if I had a, if I had a a class or a schedule that was two credit short, I would find a two credit class to take. If I'm paying for it, I'm going to use it. I was on scholarship. So I was like, they're paying for this and I'm not going to use it. So I did my best to really underutilize yeah. you, their resources. Yeah, but you got your money's worth in other places. I did. Got the right. cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually a really good point you bring up, though, because like if we were going to go to college or do anything with money, like if you wanted a car, good. Go get a job. You know, you want to go to college, good. You're going to pay for it, right? So like to her point, like if I'm going to pay for it, I'm going to get it all. Like I remember, you know, there wasn't always a lot of food around. It was like- right. Lunchtime with the school cafeteria, free lunch program. Man, you're going to eat all you can eat. <laughs> yeah. So, you were that kid. You oh, totally. Because you're, you know, you're working out every day. Right. And so, yeah. like, and you're trying to, like, be successful at this. Right. So, like, yeah, you need a lot of calories. Yeah. And you get one meal to get it in, boy, you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you so, to, so sorry. So, you're saying, so for you, that awakening really began mm-hmm. when kind of a less legalistic pastor, Tom Shelder, came 
And then when we, you know, the whole firehouse thing was that, I mean, you were jumping into that just a little yeah, bit. Totally. Yeah, totally. So that's for me when it got real, because all of a sudden this idea of, you know, we kind of joked about the culture and the music before, but like all of a sudden it be- became real and it became actually attractional and kind of cool. And so like the firehouse starts up, we've got this building we get from the village, for like a dollar mm-hmm. and it's a place to hang out. There's foosball tables, there's pizza, there's stuff that brings you in the door. But all of a sudden you're hearing a message that's a lot more real than anything we've heard. And it's, it's exploding. And so like kids that you're going to school with that would never be seen in a church are all of a sudden going, Hey, let's check this thing out. What's going on here. And so the conversations you start having are being like, Whoa, this Mm. may change things here. And so that's when early hit the scene. And so I actually remembered sometimes we didn't have a building. We would meet in different people's houses. Remember. And I, I can remember this spot where I'm in this house which I now own this house, which is what's so funny about it. Like, I, oh, I, remember, I remember those moments back. Yeah, your living room. Yeah, and so, like, Don will be home by the fact, but he, he played for the Charlotte Eagles for the better part of a decade. And so, for a high school kid going, I want to figure out how can I get to college, get an education, and better my life. You've got this guy that you think of as a superstar, you know, in, in what's now basically my living room, mm-hmm. kind of just, just being real with us about, you know, yeah, I did the sports thing, but you know what? I was also a welder for a summer and here's, you know, different stories about who he was. And so it was just something kind of kind yeah. of cool that you remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, John had a lot bigger impact on my life than he, he probably would have known about at that period because it, it was forming who you are and kind of showing you the way. Like I've got this uh, box in my basement, it's a shoe box. Because you do sports, you go to college, you do all things, you get a bunch of stuff you collect, whether it's mm-hmm. awards, medals, whatever, and you just hang on to them. What do you do with them? I don't know. They sit in a box in the basement. <laughs> and so it, it made me think about it last night. I'm like, you know what? There's something there I wanted to, wanted to look at. So I actually brought something with me today. Oh, here we go. Oh. Here we go. This is about to get real. <laughs> Tacus is show and tell. That oh, was one wow. of the things that I put in that box, you know. And Benji, you look can at you it. see that? Oh, look at that. Wow. Johnny V is 24 in this picture. <laughs> That's my rookie card, man. <laughs> that is my rookie card right there. Doing the bicycle Unbelievable. kick, right? For the Charlotte Eagles. And so I always thought Do that was really cool. Do you mean sign that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just... Tacus, you're awesome. So, yeah, awesome. that's, that's yeah, kind of what for us, awesome. you know, is, you know, and I think back of that period, some of the friends of mine that, that kind of went along with it and kind of like, it, it changed the course for a lot of us, our lives, just because this thing is, you know, new and... We'd never had 70 people in the firehouse before. I mean, yeah. like she said, we had five in her church group. And I remember there was a, almost about a year when I didn't come to the tab anymore because I was the only kid in my class. Mm. Like no one came. Yeah. Mm. Definitely the only kid showing up on Sundays. That was not that unusual that you would just have one. Yeah. So what was that like for you as you're kind of transitioning to college and taking as more classes than I thought they even had at the yeah, campus. Yeah, I didn't know you were allowed to do uh, that. They had to hire more teachers just so yeah. you could continue taking classes. But They had to hire more teachers just to get Britain through college. They did. He had the tutors. I'm he had telling the, you, hey, yeah. some of those, they got their start out in teaching because I needed help in the library. Because <laughs> apparently physical science in college is not physical science in high school. It's pre-physics. <laughs> and I learned that the hard way. <laughs> So, um, sorry, you, you were asking, her. but you're in college. And so how did kind of what's, what has happened here in Buckley with going to the tab and experiencing love from God's people and, and being in the nursery and Sunday school, what's that kind of doing in you as you get to college and you're kind of figuring out your own way and you're paying for school was, was God still the centerpiece or was that kind of something that I'm busy right now? Maybe some other time. What is that? What did that look like for you? Yeah. So I think for me where it really came through kids, um, 
what I'm super passionate about is working with, uh, I think of that song, Reckless Love, right? Mm -hmm. You leave the 99 and you go after the one. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's always finding that one that nobody else is paying attention to. um, Because I think maybe we could relate to being that kid at some point Mm -hmm. in time. Like, I really don't have a great reason why we're not the one that didn't make it. Like, Mm -hmm. other than community and church and being connected. um, So... For me, that that's when that faith parts really started to build. Like, I there's no other explanation of why I'm at college. Like, just to make it to college was such a huge deal. Like, how yeah. did I get to be the one to go? And it's not anything special that I did or worked really hard at. There's nothing specifically amazing about what I've ever done. So um, I think that was the part where it really started to be meaningful. And I started to realize I have to do something with that, right? Like, I can't just take this this gift and do nothing with it. Like I have to be focused about it. So as I'm going through college and being super intentional about what I'm doing, it was a lot of not wasting this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like it was a lot to get here. There were a lot of people I won't ever know who they are who invested in getting me here. And so I have to do something to give back and make that a meaningful experience. Mm -hmm. So that's when, you know, that's kind of how it really started for me as, and and that faith piece of, Mm -hmm. There's there's something bigger. Yeah. It can't all just be a big bang mm-hmm, theory. Because right. if that were the case, it'd be a whole lot more fun to do other things than take right. a whole lot of classes and, and right. make it and make it meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. That's yeah. I think too, as we continue in your story, we'll see how kind of that that opportunity is now is beginning to flourish into the impact that you're making in our community that I see with the students that I experience life with and yeah. the ones, right, that that have no shot. Otherwise, and I think that's something that happens often, um, especially we experience it a lot at Foundry, that some of the church maybe doesn't see is how much of this community still is just the one kid that's just waiting for somebody to love them. And I, I love the fact that um, Martin Rizzi has kind of led the way in that with bringing and turning Foundry into a space where those kids can come and feel and experience the love of God through the church. And it's continuing, but I think that it's really easy to come to church and bring your family and sit down in the seats and leave and not realize that they're, man, this is the one thing going on for some of these students. This is for some of the kids in this community. And so I love the fact that I get to serve alongside a school that's devoted to those kids as well. And so that's really cool. And we'll, we'll get more into that later. So, so there, there's an, there's an interesting, I, I don't want to make too much of a spoiler alert here, right. but um, just from, from my seat, you know, have, having been a youth pastor and, and now, you know, trying to support our student ministries pastors, you and Adam, uh, you know, I know that you want it to go after every kid, right? You want to get every kid there. And there's, there's a ton of like families that go to this church mm-hmm. whose kids are involved in foundry, but there's probably 50%, maybe more, their parents aren't involved in foundry at all. Mm. And then I suspect, and I don't know this, and you can ask Adam, Adam yeah. I don't know how it is in Manistee, but there are some like church families that are kind of like, well, there's some rough kids. You know, there's some kids from rough homes mm-hmm. or, you know, not church homes that are at Foundry. So I'm going to keep my kids back. Yep. And I, dude, the little prophet part of me can't right. help but say, like, we're looking at two of those kids that yep. weren't church kids. Or sorry, they were they were church kids, but they were weren't from families that went to church that now look at them. Yeah, you know, and and that just oh, that gets me fired up. I need to calm down. I'm gonna sit in my corner here for a second. 
No, for sure. And uh, that's a different episode. But that's we'll a different get, episode. We'll, Sorry, uh, Brittany. Because I'm about to get back on mine and then dude, we can just go back dude, and forth. And you I guys said that just, just to fire yeah. you up just a little bit, right? Fire and just no, make sure, sure Benjamin in the corner is awake. I'm not sure if he yeah. is or not, but yeah. What's up, hey, Benji? What's up? How you yeah, doing, dog? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, there's so many. I think it's interesting. And then maybe you guys experienced that. Um, was there ever those moments for you guys being that kid where it was like, man, I just feel like we're not as welcome here as we should be if this is what this is supposed to look like. Were there ever any experiences like that for you guys? Or was the tabernacle a perfect loving church for you? <laughs> so I don't I don't know that I remember it was the tabernacle specifically, but I do remember a time I was out. No, I was still in high school and there was a family emergency. And uh, I didn't actually live at home, which might surprise people. I moved out pretty young. And so I was looking for Takis and I called somebody's house and I'm like, hey, it's a sister. I really need to get a hold of Takis. And they're like, well, you don't live at home. I don't believe in the way you live. You live in sin, all these things. And and it was a family emergency. And I'm like, I just need to get a hold of my brother. And that that rejection piece, I certainly mm. distinctly will always remember mm. of like, you're not one of the clean people or yeah. one of the okay people to to talk to in the community. And, and I think my grandma was sick or something. Her grandpa had a heart attack mm-hmm. and I was just trying to get a hold of my brother. And so I distinctly remember that moment from, wow. yeah, that, that was, that was a tough moment. I think you remember that too. And I actually kind of remember things kind of from the opposite side though, of like you being older and she's pretty humble, but she's brilliant. Right. And so like <laughs> she was going to go to college because she scored crazy high and like her ACTs and SATs and stuff. Right. And so I'm going, okay, there's, there's one way to do it. Right? The middle sister very athletic. I'm like, okay, there's another way to do it. I'm not as smart as this one, but I've I've been in this environment now now the longest. Going, I've got a whole lot of desire to get out of here. And if you could be an athlete and get out of here, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's going to be my ticket. Yeah. So you see people investing in you intentionality. You know all this stuff going on. And you're going, okay, these people are being intentional, and we can do this. I'm going to go for it. I remember distinctly a point in high school where I I kind of had this conversation myself that said. If I give it everything I have and it's not enough, I'm okay with that. Because I know that I can look myself in the mirror and say, hey, it wasn't in the cards. It was never meant to be. Hmm. But if I give it almost everything I have and I just kind of miss out and I don't ever do anything in my life, and that's on me. Yeah. Right. And so I kind of had that, like, I, I could never stop pushing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get some of the, you know, the, negative feedback and junk that they did because if they kind of went through, they were changing the image. So mm-hmm. when I came through, they kind of paved the road for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to kind of come in and just soak up the glory, right? No. <laughs> so what did that look like for you as you're kind of seeing sister go to college and now middle sister, super athletic, and you're the young brother that, okay, now I have role models in the community. I have a picture of how I can get out. What was so you're seeing all of that. Was it sports or were you, was there a dependence on God that's happening in the midst of all of that that's forming in you or kind of how was your personal? They're both kind of coming together at the yeah. same time, right? So like, and I, uh, I want to say this, like I remember going to like, so, so David, her, her husband now was a school record holder in sports. Then she was, you know, an athlete too and did quite well. I saw some school records, but they weren't for our school. Okay. We were co-op with our school. And anyway. <laughs> That's all right. The whole yeah. thing goes through. Then my next sister, so I'm like, okay, you're right. I've seen the path. I see where it's going to go. But, you know, you're seeing how, you know what? You are you might actually go to college here. And what are you going to do now? Like, all of a sudden, like, 
where are you going to go? Mm. What, how are you going to give back? Like, because you know, I mean, there's no doubt in your mind that like you would not be here. God's hand wasn't involved and these people weren't being these dominoes. And it's not like just one domino. There is so many of them that are playing out. Mm. You know, a lot of them are coming from the tab, but you see people from the other church or from the school or whatever. It's like, okay, like at some point you realize this isn't accidental. God clearly has his hand in this. And it's the time you do something about it. Were you seeing all of that at that age? You started to. Yeah. And, but you weren't refined yet, right? So like you go to college and I remember my recruiting trip, the, uh, the guys were trying to be like, hey, this is a freshman. You want this guy to, to actually come on our team. So we want to be cool. And we pull into this intersection in, in downtown Jackson. Like it's kind of sketch at this point. And there's a car that's at the top of this like, intersection and is dead in the intersection. You can't get through. There's too much snow. I'm like, get the F out of the car. Let's go push him. <laughs> and like the kids look at me and, you know, they're, they kind of like, oh, whoa, like we're at this Christian university. Like you don't, you don't use that word. And like, and I'm thinking like. And you're the, the Buckley boy that just dropped the F bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, Sorry. The tabernacle <laughs> slash firehouse uh, student <laughs> baptized in Gichigumi, right? Yeah, that just, yeah. 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 And so like. Sorry, dad. That's going to be the proudest moment of John's ministry. <laughs> <laughs> We're the raiders of church ministry. Sorry. Yeah. Well, like small town culture, like I'm thinking like the use of that word was just fit the context. Like get out of the car. Let's move these people out of the way. Right. Yeah. And, but you realize that now you're in this almost a Christian bubble of like, you can hear a pin drop. Yeah. Wow. You're like, I look like a, a redneck right now, yeah. like a little yeah. roughy in here yeah. and you, you don't do that. And yeah, so, but like, think about that moment though. I mean, because that is the classic rub. That is the classic rub between living Christianity and 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 just talking a good game, yep. right? Yep. So so the Christ in you or the love God, love people in you is like people are in need. Mm-hmm. Let's get out in the snowstorm and push them out of the intersection. We're all young athletes in a vehicle, and the and the Christian other athletes in the vehicle are like, we don't talk that way around here, buddy. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And where did you go to college? At? I went to Spring Arbor and then Michigan Tech. Okay, awesome, Michigan Tech. Every time people tell me they went there on purpose, dude. That's got to be the coldest weather? place on earth. Did you run there? Uh, you know, actually, I didn't. Okay. I, I because about you it. can't. <laughs> you can't run there. You the skate air. on ice there. There's no air to breathe. Yeah. There's no air to breathe. Wow. Yeah, it's above Canada. <laughs> well, It's in Narnia, right? Where the hobbits live. I don't know. I mix my metaphors, uh, but whatever. Sorry. Yeah. Man, so went to so kind of getting recruited high school. Mm-hmm. What did that process look like for you getting out of Buckley? Like seeing this opportunity you're talking about, seeing this domino chain unfolding, all of this is happening, and then there's that moment where it's like, I remember I had this moment where it's like, I I actually have to do this now, yeah. right? I got to kind of put my money where my I got to leave. And so was that a difficult transition for you, or were you excited about it? Still kind of forming what where I'm going to go, what's going to work out. There mm-hmm. actually was three opportunities for me when I left high school. I could go to Lindsey Wilson on a full ride, which is down in Columbia, Kentucky. I could go to Michigan State and go D1, which I was like, oh, that'd be the coolest thing ever. I want to go D1. Or I could go to Spring Arbor, which is a Christian university. I'm going, well, what path do I want to take in my life? And I, I don't know. I'm undecided. So I'm praying about this whole thing and come home to go on uh, – spring break trip, we, we go to San Diego with our class and come home, and we come home, and I find out that that Lindsey Wilson option, that coach just died. Mm. I was like, whoa, so that, that's not the door. And then I find out, you know, Michigan State doesn't quite play out the right way, and I'm like, I think this Christian university is probably the thing for me to go at. And so I went there, 
holy cow, like that was absolutely where I was supposed to go. I just didn't really put it together quite yet right? until I get there and arrive mm-hmm. on scene. And then things really take off at that point. Yeah. And this for whole you. time I thought he was just following Holly. I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. Because your sister, uh, Holly, also Holly went to Spring Arbor. Yes. Wow. Wow. Which is a miracle in and of itself. She's the non-rule follower of the family and they have rules at Christian schools. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, you're kind of the older sister watching all of this unfold because you graduated in like six months based off how many hours you took. And uh, so you graduated at 19, you're superintendent at 19 and a half. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I had so, two years of college yeah. in before I left high school. Nice. Nice. What? Yeah. You can't, you can't take that many credits anymore. My wow. Goodness. So you graduated high school at age 14 uh, and <laughs> continued on, but you're graduating college and kind of starting out. And now you've kind of got this journey of, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to find the one I'm going to go find a way to, be this domino, even if you hadn't heard that language yet, it's what you were doing. In a was it public school for you the whole time? Yeah. yeah. So I actually worked for Trevor City Public Schools first. Okay. Um and worked at Trevor's Heights, which will always be near and dear to my heart. I had no idea that um that was where the they're very low socioeconomic. Okay. Um nobody else wants to work there. I didn't know that. Is that a middle school or it's an elementary. Okay. So elementary school and um absolutely loved it there. There was some cool irony to the fact is where our mom went to school as mm-hmm. an elementary student. So it was kind of neat to mm. come back around to that, to that same place. And, um, three years in, they built a new building and I had this beautiful new classroom and brand new technology. And I get a call from, from Buckley in my brand new classroom. Hey, we really want you to come teach this totally different high school than you've done before, and we think you should come here. So, um, which was not necessarily at the top of my list. It certainly did not make career sense. It did not make financial sense to to make the move. Uh, it it really didn't. That didn't make any sense at all to choose <laughs> to come back. Every time I hear about people coming to Buckley, the story starts with "It didn't make any sense." It didn't make any <laughs> sense. That's yeah. my story. That's John's yeah. story. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, my wife's story. Yeah. I mean, her whole thing was, "We got out of here. Why would I ever want to go back?" Yeah. yeah. So why did you come back? So it's super interesting. You know, I I went through the interview process. Um, it, Sandy Kellogg was the one who gave away my cell phone number so that they could find me. <laughs> Love another, Sandy. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's how I got the call. And um, after going through the whole thing, I actually called and told them, "No, uh, Mr. Klavik will never let me live it down." And I, I just, I no. And that was probably the first time I ever felt strong conviction mm. of you just messed up. <laughs> wow. So. 30 minutes later, I called him back and asked for the job after all. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And now you're his boss. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. He's the principal of Buckley School. Yeah. yeah Mr. Yeah. K. Wow. So that was that was the first moment where I was like, there is there's something about this place, the community piece, the church piece, the passion of the people who live here. That's where I wanted to raise my kids. So, mm. you know, for yeah. th- that was kind of that final deciding factor of of choosing to to move and just that instant conviction. As soon as I hung up the phone, my husband was like, what's wrong? And uh, I was like, I made the wrong choice. And like, I'm really sure now that I've already called and told him, no, I made the wrong choice. So, so how did, so, so somewhere along in there, and that's okay. We kind of skipped yeah. that. So somewhere along there, you and Dave got married. Yeah. We, and we actually dated since uh, high school, freshman yeah, year. High school sweethearts, Dang. right? 
but but he also came from here. Was there yes. something in him that was like, no, we're not going back there? Oh, he's we a made body. it out. We're at Traverse City, or he was like, yes, let's go back to Redneckville. <laughs> <laughs> so it. He didn't have to move, so um, he's actually quite a homebody. He likes small town, um, and so I, I that wasn't that wasn't, that wasn't a hard a decision deal. at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, how old were you guys? Kind of whenever this is all happening, did you have kids yet? How did that? What did that picture look like? Yeah. So we were married extremely young. Uh, we had our daughter when I was twenty three. So, um, and I was pregnant with the second. So twenty three years old when I decided to come okay. back and teach one kid, another one on the way. Yeah, and we're making the. Poor financial decision. Poor financial <laughs> choice. Poor career choice. Um, I'm actually a special ed person by okay. heart, and I was headed. I was halfway through with my master's program in special education leadership, which isn't a job at Buckley. There is no job for that. So, uh, career wise and long term path, it made absolutely no sense to, in the middle of my master's degree, choose to change that up. Don't you love when a plan doesn't make sense. I love it when a plan <laughs> doesn't make. Sense. So you came back to Buckley and you're 23, which would mean you're, were you still? Four years younger. Okay, four. So you just got to college or were you in high school when she came back? Was that, how was that, what did that transition look like? It might have been the same year. Sounds no, like. no, it was after he had already left. Okay. You'd yeah. been gone, just gone. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it had been that year. Like, so what like are you thinking as you just got out and then you're seeing your sister and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't make the connection at that point. Yeah. I just remember one of the biggest moments at that period is actually when you told me I was going to be an uncle. <laughs> and then I'm like, whoa, like, I, I thought I was just a young kid still. What's yeah, going on? No, uncle? no. Yeah. Uncle's in the <laughs> equation. Probably yeah. the coolest Benji, one. Benji can relate to that moment of becoming the cool yeah. uncle. Yes. yes. So. He's AV's favorite. <laughs> yeah. So I, w- I want to ask Jessica a question, if if that's cool. It's your podcast. Um, because, yeah, it's our, well, it's our podcast. We do whatever <laughs> we want. You started it, bro. You just invited me along for the ride. Hey, when do we get those t-shirts made? Huh? Maybe Trace Cakes can sponsor s- some t-shirts. I don't know if the lead pastor is allowed to sign purchase requests. No, I'll I don't. Submit, yeah. No, I, I, I submit no purchase requests. I, I have I'll no send, authority financially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, and one of the cool things is, um, you know, when you share your change life story here, you only share what you want. But there was obviously a little bit of judgment, a little bit of hurt that might have come from some parts of the church family. What was it in you that was like, you know what, I'm going to give this church another shot? Because I remember it wasn't long after. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly when you and Dave showed up, but when you did, I remember who's the, who's the professional lady with the, uh, with the small town husband like, uh, and all those kids. Like, what is that about? And someone's like, oh, you don't know them. They're, they like grew up here. Like they ruled this place. He has records and da-da-da-da-da. So I just thought you were already here, but now what I'm hear, hearing is uh, we're kind of blessed that you chose to give or, or to give the culture mm-hmm. another shot. Why was that? Well, this is going to be embarrassing after all of Tacus's nice words, but um, so Tacus was starting to talk about all of the things that were happening. It was right when the other service in the fire barn was kind of occurring. Oh, the modern like, one, yeah, the modern service at a at a different time frame. And, and my kids were little, and I definitely wanted to be a part of it again. And I hated your first sermon. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. Yes. Hey, this is YouTube. Let's Don't leave go. me hang. hang. <laughs> you two have something in common right there. Oh, yes. You two have something in common. Yes. Yeah. It was the- a history lesson, and it was about... 
the guy who burns the ships. Uh, Hernando to- Cortez. Yes, yeah, Cortez. burn the ships, baby. And he just he now that's a big takes out, song. Yeah, it <laughs> takes out a whole nationality of people. Yeah, yeah. But we're committed and we're in. I'm like, yeah, yeah but they're committed to the wrong thing. Like, yeah, why, yeah. Why, you why? missed the metaphor. <laughs> committed to the wrong thing. I get all in in the yeah, committed yeah, piece, yeah. and I was like, oh my goodness. That's a Grand Valley State education coming at you. <laughs> and I used to actually think it was part of your strategy just to make people mad right at the beginning so that you'd keep coming back because you're uh, like, I, I want to talk to him about that. I am not happy about that particular message. So, so like, how long did you stay away before you came back? Because no, for right, him, I it was a year. <laughs> the first time John ever spoke was at my college ministry in Hayes, Kansas. Not the first time he ever spoke. The first yeah. time I yeah. heard him speak. Yeah, yeah. And I called him out. He called me out. For, I was on my phone in the back. I had like long hair, nasty beard. It was he awesome. said something. There's like 500 students in this room, all college students. I d- hated church already. Lord, and he says this thing, and I look up, and there's like, I don't know, you do the math, yeah. five, 499 set of eyes staring at me. And I literally was like, I'm never coming back to this place. <laughs> <laughs> and now I work for him. So uh, how's that for a plan? Well, not you know what? Out. In the Bible, <laughs> in the Bible, people, God spoke through a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, in the King James, it says jackass. There we go. So if he can do that, he can speak to me. Anyways, you were saying, yeah, first oh, time man, I, I brutally offended you, but why did you stay? Why did I stay? I think part of it was um, just the start of the investment in youth. Like that was such mm. a focus at that time is you're investing mm-hmm. in youth group and the youth are doing things in the community that people can see and it's making a difference. Um, my daughter at two loved the band. So, you know, that was mm-hmm. fun and it was a welcoming place. So this was before we had a lot of children's ministry programs. So she came to service with me and bust the move in the middle of the aisle way. Yeah. I was ready to like die of embarrassment. And we didn't, and, we didn't care. Let and nobody dance. cared. It Let was fine. Dance. She yeah. was, you know, just out of control and it's fine. So, you know, it felt like a welcoming, mm. welcoming place to be. Even if I didn't like love the very first message, it kept coming. Mm. I will, never, pre- I will never preach burn the ships again the when ships. Jessica's here. I'm hoping, I'm thinking we need to do a best of the best series and that needs to come out. <laughs> or the best of the worst. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man. So you came back, stuck it out, right? Yeah. And started buying in and investing. And what was that kind of, so you're obviously you're coming to the church and things like that, but what's happening in your kind of personal relationship with Christ as that's continuing to develop? Yeah. So you know, another one of, you know, we were in Exodus forever, right? Mm-hmm. And 18 months. 18 months. And so as I, I always hated that book because they're whiny. They are so whiny. The Israelites whine all the time. And then in the middle of that, I'm like, oh, my heavens, that's me. Like mm-hmm. when you when you realize in that moment, oh, I am, I'm not the person in the story who remembers all the miracles and the things and you just keep going. I think the pandemic is a huge highlight, right, yeah. of this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't get the flavored creamer that I love. <laughs> so, they're, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm whining when I'm seeing all of these miracles of people are being fed and people are being kind and people are stepping up. And um, totally forgot what your question was. I just kept right on going <laughs> No, there. you're good. So just, uh, what was happening in your personal yeah. relationship during that time with Christ? So I, I think that's the part is I started to really take notice mm of where where you can see glimpses of God, nothing like having a kid to to make mm-hmm. it really stand out to you of one that's a miracle in and of itself, but just all of the small joys that kids take and really starting to take joy in 
all of the miracles around us that you're able to see every single day and we just take for granted. That was kind of that phase for mm-hmm. me where it, it with a new one who's excited and and noticing all the things, you really take a minute and pause and say, wow, there's a lot that God does that none of us really pay attention yeah. to. You know, you can just mm-hmm. let it pass you by and be passive with it or you can take notice and use it. Yeah, when you take 36 hours in a semester, it's probably hard to notice anything else. So, but no, no doubt. So what I'm hearing is kind of this, like this, this theme and trend of like, slowing down enough to see God. Mm-hmm. And I think that you see that whenever you come to a smaller community, it's kind of life does slow down a little bit. And maybe not as a superintendent that has to does all this stuff, but overall I think that life is just a little bit slower here. And there's an opportunity if you want to see relationship, to see community, to see how God is moving in the midst of these smaller things because it's a lot easier to see because there's not as much going on. And so, yeah. And what about for you? So you're Spring Arbor, year one, were you taking 26 hours? No, but I did take the trick out of her book of taking two years of college before you get to college. Yeah. They would have, yeah. they almost made me take two years of middle school before <laughs> I got out of high school. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. So, but you're, so you get to Spring Arbor where you track cross country all the, but what Both. events did you yep. do? Yeah. I was a middle distance guy. So okay. you, you did cross country. Middle just, distance, like 200 meters. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's middle distance for me. Yeah, like 800 <laughs> mile, that kind of thing. Okay. So the worst events. The 800 looks miserable. It looks miserable. It's tough. Yeah. Well, that and, looks like the worst event to run. Well, and no one, you know, the more you're willing to hurt and suffer for something, the better you're going to be at that event because there's a point where you just run out of, of energy. That's you, a sermon right there. That's a sermon right there. Yeah. yeah. So you picked the event that nobody else wants. I was the hungry wanted. kid, man. Like, this is my ticket. Yeah. I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to yep. pick the one nobody else wants to be great at. And I'm willing to suffer at that one. Yep. That's cool, man. That tells me a lot about who you are as a person. But, um, so you're year one at Spring Arbor. It's structured. It's yeah. Christian. It's new. What was all kind of going on in all of that? And it's an environment that's more conducive to be successful in. Hmm. So I remember, you know, I would I'd say, you know, the Buckley and the Tabernacle, like, there was a lot of people that showed you kindness and helped give you opportunities to get here. So you experienced God in a way that you had never experienced it, and it's changing your life. But when I got to college, you're taking classes like Gospels and Acts and Old Testament prophets, minor prophets, major prophets, and you start realizing that, like, whoa, this is why we know what we know, and this is why this is true. And, like, so all of a sudden, you know, this the things that you kind of knew, like, well, these people are nice people, wasn't just the, hey, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Like, this is a for real thing. This is a for real God. And, mm-hmm. like, game on now at this point. Like, it, bring it on. Like, we're going to make a go of this. You're kind of, you've experienced God's people, mm-hmm. the love that comes from that, and you've kind of seen that along the way, mm-hmm. and now you're getting to see what was driving them forward. So it almost was like, I know it was real for them, and I was experiencing that realness for them, but now it's kind of becoming real for me. Yeah. Is that, um, is that a yeah. fair? Yeah, and I was, I'm an engineering student. I'm a math yeah. guy, right? So like, I got to know that one plus one equals two, and if it doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, the mm-hmm. thing doesn't happen in the real world. And so like- when you start seeing these pieces line up, uh, you know, why do we believe Luke was written by, you know, this person and at this time and this date? Mm-hmm. And you start seeing all these pieces come together. You're, you're like, okay, this adds up. This computes. Like, I get it now. Brings validity to the Absolutely. faith piece for you. Is that like the way your brain works? Mm-hmm. That's cool. So what was, so personally you're seeing all that. Is that kind of stirring something in you? Like this deeper conviction for, for Christ, for seeing him kind of on the forefront and how you live your life and stuff like that? Were you seeing a shift in all that stuff? Yeah, and, yeah. and you, you see, you know, 
you no longer use the F-bombs around the college friends, right? You know? <laughs> like, you, Only around my church friends now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, you, you see your life changing. Yeah. And you know it is changing and you know why it's changing. And you don't know where you're going to head. You don't know where things are going. But you know where it's going to go. Like, I literally remember a time growing up with the whole youth group firehouse thing of, you know, hey, we're going to follow Jesus. And if you do, don't know that it's going to be good. Your problems aren't going to go away like you don't know what you're going to be facing but the one thing that they were always adamant about was it's worth it hmm. right and so you're, again you're seeing more exposure to that it's kind of like you pull back the curtain a little bit and, and kind of see hmm. so what was like if you could give me an example in your life where it was worth it like in that kind of college years things like that is there a story that comes to mind where that kind of that came to fruition for you hmm. i mean part of it was you just the environment you put yourself in and didn't put yourself in, right? So mm. there's opportunities to be a, a stupid college kid, right? Those are always going to exist. Really? <laughs> Go listen to Britain Bishop's Change Life Story Part 1. Like, yeah. But like, <laughs> I missed some of those potholes and some of those issues and problems just because of the impact it had. So, like, for me, when I met my wife, I was like, holy smokes, are you sure this girl lives in Buckley? Because I don't believe it, right? Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't know. I've been around long enough to right. know. And so, like, things like that, like, I wouldn't have been worthy of marrying somebody like my wife had I gone down some other paths. And so mm-hmm. like it, it just worked out really good. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Your wife makes the, those cupcakes she made that one day, dude. Oh. But are they as good as trace cakes? Should we not start that fight I'm here? I'm not saying anything. Yeah, we not start. Okay. <laughs> they were so, so good, John. <laughs> so let me, let me shift gears to something. I do remember Takis coming back from college um, and have, or seeing, um, how the Christian university had filled in some of the gaps for him mm-hmm. that because he, he was catching on to the passion and to the gospel and to the big truths, but like conversations with him. And it, it, it was interesting because when he came back, he wanted to talk about that. He was like, Hey, now I have this understanding of the Bible now. Hey, I've taken new Testament and old Testament and I see what you did there, you know? And it was like, <laughs> Oh, this guy uh-huh. is, is uh, really gaining the benefit of, of kind of that Christian education. Yeah, yeah, that was back in the day. So back in the day, it takes back a long time to absorb that stuff day. in, right? Right. Oh, a yeah, slow you gotta sponge massage you... it. Yeah. And yeah. you so, totally sorry. skipped over the part where he left Buckley, switched churches, moved in order to find the wife who lives in Buckley. Yeah. How did that, that go, Tackus? Yeah. Oh, sold that. out. See, that's that why we did a... this. Sister sold him out. <laughs> I did baby. not know that. Yeah, I yeah. love it. So fill it in, Tackus. Please break this all down for me. No excuses. <laughs> All of your excuses are lies. Uh-huh. The door is locked. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I get out of college. I don't know what I'm going to do for a job. Essentially, I'm an engineering student in 2009. So, if you roll back, that's when the whole recession happened. Like, you couldn't buy a job and definitely not in an engineering field. Like, there's mm-hmm. no opportunity here. Well, healthcare is pretty good. Once you get into there, like, Everyone's always going to get sick. There'll always be a need. <laughs> Everyone's always going to get sick. <laughs> so I started a job there. I'm like, well, the next thing I need is a house. Well, get a house somewhat closer to work. And you know? so you try, try to, trying mm-hmm. to make your own way of things. You know, you know I've got a plan and I'm mm-hmm. going to make my own path here. And Lord doesn't work like that. But <laughs> I'm thinking that's how I got to make this happen. So I get a job. I buy a house in Interlochen. I start just kind of making my go of it and continuing on my gripe of like, where are all these women at? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm in my 20s. I, All these women that God promised me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not Muslim. Keep going. Yeah, so yeah. the kind of the funny part about this whole story is I meet her at a company Christmas party with one of my best friends. 
And he's like, what are you doing here at this party? And I'm thinking, it's my work party. Like, yeah, what it's... are you doing here? Oh, you're with some girl from other department. Okay, I get it. Oh, she, she was there. Yes. On... The... Oh. And so what's funny about this is I'm super like, want to be professional. I'm there with my president of my company. Like, I, this is a work business thing for me. This isn't a, an enjoyment event. And so my buddy's like, hey, there's a girl over there that wants to talk to you. By the way, there was a conversation with her. And she did not want to talk with any guys <laughs> that night. Oh. But he tells me that she does and does that whole like high school thing of right. like, hey, I'm going to go over there, bro. Hey, bro, I'm going to go over there. So it basically forced me to go over there. So as a smart aleck, I say to one of my coworkers, well, let me show you how it's done. And I'm just going to this table going, I hope she just lets me talk for like 30 seconds, say hi, and then get out. <laughs> like, just, just don't make a fool of yourself. <sighs> and so I go over there and start talking to her and I just, you know, introduce myself. I'm trying to be polite. And we started talking about things like Creation Fest and different Christian concerts and whatnot. And she's not interested, mind you, but she's polite enough not to reject me. <laughs> so that's where you Kelly. had her. That's Kelly. That's <laughs> Kelly. So, so I'm getting away with it right Maybe for a little sister, bit, right? Man. She's just like, <laughs> you're, lo- you're loving right. this. You love this. So, so polite enough not to reject you. Yeah. And so like this conversation ended up going on for, I don't know, half hour or more. And then they're all like, oh, we're going to go up to the party upstairs and, and, and go dance and whatever. And so, like, super uncomfortable situation for her. She's out, night over. And so that kind of ended. And I didn't ask her number or anything, but I shook her hand. But I saw her name placard, so I knew who she was, right? So then I, I stalked her online a little bit. I think I waited three days before I said, hey, hi, how are you doing, you know? And she responds back. So I ask another question. She responds back. So then I get a hold of my buddy. I'm like, what do I, what do, I do? Like, there's an actual girl talking to me here. <laughs> So I sent her a third message and I don't ask any questions. My thought was, if she's interested, she'll keep the questions coming, keep the conversation rolling. So she radio silence. Ghost you. I love it. <laughs> Kelly, you're the best. Ghost him. So my buddy tells me, he says, you know, here's the deal. Either she's not interested or she's just really polite. And some women, you're like, they want to be pursued. That's kind of the whole point here. Old fashioned, man. Yeah. So, it's a way to do it, ladies. Don't be a floozy. He's like, you've got to go cliff diving if you want to find out. So totally make a fool of yourself. Throw it out there. So, you know, like, hey, this talking online thing's fun, but you want to go out to dinner or whatever. And she's like, maybe coffee. You know, so it's like, oh, but you're saying there's a chance. So you're telling me (laughs) there's a chance. Telling me there's a chance. (laughs) So that's actually how it all started. Went to coffee. One mile from my parents' house. She lived one mile. Growing up? Yeah. Yeah. No, where they're now. Oh. No. Yeah, where we grew up. One mile. He's moved to Interlochen to go find a woman and be in the big city, and she's in the Bucktucky. One mile. And funny about it is, so I left for college. Three months later, she's three and a half years older than me, but because the whole two years before college, right, getting it done, she basically comes into town three months after I leave. So I wow. have no clue. And so, yeah, I've come through college, come home, the whole thing. And my buddies tell me, yeah, she's, she wants to talk to you. She's from Buckley, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking like, okay, now I know I'm getting played. Like there's right. no yeah. way this is actually true. There's no girls in Buckley. <laughs> Not true. I'm married uh, to a Buckley girl. Be careful. But where'd you meet her? At college. I rest my case. <laughs> 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 so meet your wife. Yep. And uh, so that's, start dating stuff like that you're still you've moved back are you where you how's your relationship with christ going are you plugging into a church did you start coming back to the tabernacle what did that look like for you yeah so i was going mostly in interlocking because the church was closer Mm -hmm. and then i'm like okay i've met this girl in buckley but she goes to church in traverse so i'm like 
okay, so I'm, I'm just going to have to navigate the waters here. So I'll quit going to where I'm going. I'll go where she's at. And her parents came along with us because her dad's really good in that sound side of things. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, like, this girl can sing. Like, she made a CD and whatnot. And, like, she she really can sing. But she's shy. And so, like, I'm trying to, like, you know, I'm figuring this out and exploring that. And eventually we end up going to her church for a bit. We get on their board. And we're just kind of doing this small town thing. Well, we ended up with two houses because we dated for nine months. We were engaged for nine months and we're married. So I get rid of my roommate and we, we move in together, obviously. You and got a better roommate. Heck yeah. yeah well done. <laughs> and uh, well, we have two houses. So we'll just sell hers and live here. Well, it was not going to sell. And I tried, I mean, everything. <laughs> I, I got the best real estate agent I could get. I went through three of them for I was like, you know what? I know who to call. We're going to make this happen. And I just couldn't make it happen because, you know, you can have plans, but God can have different plans, right? Yeah. And so then I, I get a call from another realtor. It's like, hey, I've got a plan. I got a buyer. Let's make this happen. Well, that means I've got to, like, move back to this other house, which is a smaller house. And, you know, it's like, but it's back in Buckley. And you know, so you're trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, you know what? This is the move. We move over there, sell the other house in like 11 days. It's all done. <laughs> Super easy. It's, like, it's almost like someone's conspiring against you. Yeah. 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 So then it, it just so happens it's called Providence. Yeah. yeah so it was that. one of those things where we end up back in Buckley and I'm thinking like, I don't want to live in a non-stick built house. Like, oh, it's like, how's this going to work out? And I was like, you know, have all these preconceived notions about, you know, what success is. Right. I moved back in. Freaking love it. <laughs> I was like, what took me so long, right? And uh, so, yeah, we're like, well, well, now we live back in Buckley. It doesn't make any sense to go back to Travers because I still love the tabernacle. I was just doing the Travers thing because I was trying to support my wife and where she was going mm-hmm. with her family. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she's like, well, I like the tab. I don't know that I want to sing, though. Like, I, I don't know if I'm good enough. And she's really shy about it and tried out, went swimmingly well, and it was like, this is home. So, like, we both kind of had this moment of like, this is this is how it's going to work out for us. This is it. Mm. And uh, yeah. So I'm 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 so glad. Like there was a part of me that was like, I like the tab, but that first sermon that I heard John preach, <laughs> <laughs> that guy's uh. just a jerk. I can't handle that guy. Yeah, but it was about the music. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's awesome. So you're reunited at the tab, and um. Like the change life, I, I think I was telling you this before we even start started, is uh, you guys are being so modest. And I appreciate that because I know it's, it's rooted in who you are as people. Uh, that, that was rooted in you somewhere with family, with your community, with your faith. But um, we all have different roads. Mm-hmm. And um, small, small town didn't have a lot. Yeah, there was blood, sweat, and tears that you put into it. But God showed up in an amazing way, and Jessica, you are now not just a teacher, not just been a special ed teacher, but took the huge risk of um, applying for the superintendent position. And and I confess to you that um, I was lobbying for it. And I mean, I think I, I, I was pretty blunt with you, but I was blunt with other people. It was like, there's no other person we would, because superintendents here come and go. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. one of our own, that's who I trust. And I, I, I didn't even know if you had the skills for it. But to see where you are. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I also have to confess to you, 
that I'm sorry I did that. Not because you're the superintendent, because as a, as a varsity soccer coach, you're my boss. You're one of my bosses, <laughs> right? But um, I'm sorry that happened because you became the superintendent right before the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know that wasn't easy. Yeah. I know that wasn't easy. But to think about someone who loves Jesus, whose family loves Jesus, who uh, is, is, is a woman of faith that it hasn't been e- easy for, that is in a pretty important position in our town. I mean, that's a big deal, you know? And then Takis, you've, you've now moved a block from the school uh, mm-hmm. and, and have, have become involved in the community as well. You're on the village council. And so to see, yeah, it's just, if I keep talking, I think I might get tears. But like for you, what does that look like? Faith in your job, you're a public person. I know it's not always easy. So what's what's interesting, so I told you my passion is special education student. So I actually did leave Buckley again. The God just has this way, right, of bringing you back, <laughs> no matter what you think your path might be. And, and and I thought, you know, I prayed about it a lot when I left, and I thought that I knew what I was doing. So I became the administrator of a building that takes in the most difficult kids in five counties. So mm-hmm. the students with the most significant behavior needs, um, they have the absolute most trauma, horrific stories you've ever heard um, any of those stories that hit the news mm-hmm. and you hear yep. and then there's children often this is the school they end up at and um, I was really passionate about systems change and I was getting somewhere with that so like I actually went with the judge from Traverse City to a conference in South Carolina and I was spending time with heads of people at Munson and thought I was on the path I was meant to be on um, it was an incredibly difficult job, but something that I was really passionate about and I loved. And so when the job at Buckley came open, I was at, I carried the application in my purse because somebody put it in my purse when I was in the building one day and was like, this is your job. Like, you need to apply. Carried it for weeks and prayed about it for a really long time because I was on what felt like a God-driven path. Like, mm-hmm. I am taking in those kids. I actually played Reckless Love the day I left New Campus mm. to that staff and said, this is who you are to me. You are the people who care about these kids, no matter what the mountain is, no matter what the the challenge is, no matter what they do, whether they earned it or deserved it or not, that's how they love kids in that program. Mm. And I felt like that's where I was supposed to be. And I think for me, the realization came that staff already knows how to do that. Um, and Buckley staff know how to do that. But the the, the changeover wasn't obvious to mm-hmm. me that coming back to Buckley just because I'm from Buckley mm-hmm. meant that I was the right person. Funny, I, the day, the month before my, my boys were born, so the month before they were born and the month before I finished my graduate program, the laws in Michigan changed that you had to go back to school to get your general ed mm. leadership um administration degree in order to be a special administrator. So and you I did th- it in 30 minutes. So <laughs> I, I said something. You be careful what you say because God will use it in ways you're yeah. not expecting. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know why I have to do this. I will never, ever use a general ed admin degree. Yeah. That was the moment God laughed and said, so watch this. And <laughs> wow, wow. I, I, so when you say you don't have the skill set, yeah. it wasn't the skill set. It's actually a joke amongst most people. Everybody knows I'm not super passionate about buying buses and roofing. and <laughs> Right. Um, right. I'm passionate yeah. about kids and systems yeah. change. And so it was it was a hard move. Um, it wasn't obvious at first that it was the right move. I remember the day 
someone was talking about the garbage bags, like the type of garbage bags we used oh, weren't gosh. right yeah. for the cups we were putting in there. And I, I worked at a program where, like, if I got a call, it was because a kid had this need. Like, I had a student break some glass in the building, stab himself, go after a few teachers. It was a, it was a big right. traumatic yeah. event. Following that event, my staff had a meeting and we bought him a crock pot and we found his family a hotel to stay. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. a matching response Mm -hmm. that you would think in the community, right? Right. And then you're asking me about, like, garbage bags. Just get some. Just get the the garbage bags. (laughs) Yeah. So it took a while for that realization of, okay, this is the right thing and refocusing and rethinking about what what we can do here and why here. Mm. Um, There's... I was actually a student council, um, ooh, what's that called? Advisor before yeah. leaving Buckley. Isabel was mm-hmm. on my student council. Yeah, my daughter. Yeah, Number one. Yes, and brought a speaker here that mm-hmm. um, was pretty amazing and really impacted students' lives. And remembering the love God, love people part, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel very strongly about this community and loving the people here because that is what this church does is – we love God and we believe all of the Bible, but also that we love on people yeah. big. And so for me, it was like, okay, these are the people. And he really means it this time because like he keeps making, he keeps making, he's yeah. sending me back <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, he keeps sending you here. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be. So, so, so like that's, that's so interesting because I can relate a hundred percent and I can see that in your life. Like right now, have, having worked with you uh, because I'm not just one of the pastors at your church. It's like, yeah. you know, I I see you in the school setting, and 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 uh, I've been called into the superintendent's office more than once. <laughs> um, for not hey, not because of what I did, it's because of what my assistant coach did. Everyone knows his name. I won't say his what name. What would Jocko say? I will take responsibility. <laughs> I will take extreme ownership, and I will not say my assistant coach's name which may or not be initials Ryan Jones. But anyways, <laughs> um, my very first board meeting here, when I'm a, I'm a brand new pastor, we're going to change lives. We're going to change the world. We're going to, my very first board meeting here, there was a about a 45 minute, almost an hour discussion of what kind of locks we were going to put on the front door because there'd been trouble with the locks. And so we needed a new lock. And the guy assigned to it gave us a, 25 minute presentation on all the options. And then there was another 25 plus minutes of discussion. And I was like, I've made the wrong move. We're here about lives. And the second thing is I'll tell you this. Every time I am in the school office right here in Buckley, Michigan, not every time, I'm going to say at at least 75, 80% of the time, this is the superintendent. There is a student or students that she is working with in her office. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're special needs or not. That's not my business. And, and it, isn't, it isn't discipline. It's I see you working with students. That doesn't happen. No. And to be honest, there's some people that might even say, oh, that's not a superintendent's job. You should be pushing papers and pressing flesh. And it's like, no, you're not going to take... You're not going to take the love people out of Jessica Heron. Yeah. And I'm passionate about that, and I don't care. That's, what, that's one of the things that makes this a great community. And, and, and when I see that, I, you know. Oh, for sure. And it's something that, that. It, it excites you as a student ministries pastor because it's like, well, it excites me for our student ministries pastor at this campus. And it makes me deeply sad 
as I try to partner with a school that has a different outlook where the look isn't as much focused on this love people aspect, but we're just doing our best to survive, it seems, at points, and we're missing sometimes. And so it's beautiful seeing a community devoted around the people of it, whether the people of the community see it or not, right? It's a community that is focused on trying to see the best happen for the people that are here and the future of this community as well. And I think that that's a really cool thing. And I love the fact that it's centered on the gospel, whether people ever know it or not, right? So it's centered on the gospel. Fascinating that you would mention this. They've done thousands, th- hundreds of thousands of research studies on what is the biggest indicator of child success in school. Do you have any idea what it is? Is it love? Relationship. Relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one. So I, I, I've i gone to conferences. I went to a conference in Florida and they were like, IB, International Baccalaureate Education, big deal stuff, right? Highest and they were talking about using your time, your talent, and your treasure. And I giggle out loud because I do that in the middle of this really big conference. And yeah, because that's church talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what's so funny? And I'm like, well, it just it's interesting to me that we spend all this time researching and wondering and looking. And and we already knew there was answers. Like, mm. I, I already knew that. They're like, where'd you hear that from before? I'm like, you're kidding, right? Like, Well, that's like the Wall Street Journal wow. released that article the other day that was um, new research shows that. Uh, oh, science. Young, science. Yeah, oh, new, new science research shows that young married couples that don't live together before marriage have a lower divorce rate. And it's like, oh, that's crazy to think about, right? Like, it's like this brand new. So I, I see what you're saying, yeah, though. It's yeah. just how what we're seeing happen in the world is when things shift back to mm-hmm. the way God designed them, how successful those things are becoming. And I love the fact where it's like, and no one knew it was going to happen. And as the Christian, it's like, you think that, yeah, and we'll yeah. Uh, we'll keep doing our thing. But so yeah. you're married, yeah, right? You've got you're back in Buckley, going to the Tabernacle. Your wife can sing. What does it look like for you to serve God as you're moving back to your community? Right? You talked about the village council, but how does that all happen for you? Like, what does that mm-hmm. love people? I want to be a domino. I want to take this faith and put it into action in my community. What did that look like for you? Yeah. So coming from where I came out of, right, and you now know, okay. There is no doubt that that there was a plan in place here, that these people have invested in you. You know, th- there's a reason why you're here. Right? You, you've taken your path. You've tried to go other ways. God said, nope, this is where you're supposed to be. I'm going to put you there. And in fact, if you don't get it, I'm going to put you, like, next to the church, like, across the road. <laughs> like, <laughs> right across. Uh, yeah, just to make sure. But, but your heart's there of like, okay, this is what I'm here for. So I'm going to invest in, you know, youth that aren't mine, or I'm going to invest in the village or the township or the fire department or the EMS or whatever. And so there's different groups, committees, councils that you find yourself on because that's what you want to invest in, right? Mm. People aren't successful at just random things. You're successful at the things that are of interest to you, right? Mm-hmm. So it would just kind of become a real natural fit of like, okay, this is this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And my, my wife has a very similar heart where she's like, I want, I want to work with youth. I want to do these kind of things. So she runs a, a Bible study. Those are some of my that. favorite conversations on Facebook Messenger is the group message with your wife and Martin Rizzi, and it's just questions. And it's just it fires me up to see people get excited about the next generation mm-hmm. because I think that so often um, it it that's that's the only way this continues, right? And so I love, like, to a prototypical church culture, like, it'd be like, oh, if you love kids, why don't you serve at Foundry? But it's like— no, the tabernacle has student ministry all over the place that mm-hmm. no one even knows exists, right? 
Kingsley FCA is doing their thing. Guess what? Tabernacle Student Ministry. There, yeah. And whether anybody ever claims it or not, her Bible study with her girls, like it's like that's a Tabernacle Student Ministry, and it's slaying, and it's awesome. And so those things fire me up. And I think just the way you guys use your home to welcome in yep. kids from the community to love on people to kind of give back what you've received so abundantly is really really cool because it shows the heart for for seeing people. Mm-hmm. And I think not seeing, and I think that's the beautiful thing is it's what I, what I see a trend from both of you guys is you see the person, you don't just see a problem. You don't just see a solution, but you're focused on what you just hit on, right? It's relationship. It's intentional. It's interruptible. Mm-hmm. And it's willing to sacrifice a lot of other things that a lot of people wouldn't for the sake of that person knowing God really loves them at the end of the day. Yeah. You find yourself actually grateful for those lived experiences because you can identify things. And so you can see youth in the community and be like, wait a second. I know something's going on here and here. And I may not know the answers, but it's like, hey, God's giving you resources. Mm. Hey, what do you know about kids with this kind of situation, right? <laughs> and so like you you can Hey big sister. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put that GVSU uh <laughs> to work. To work. But yeah, it just gives you the, the tools to be John sometimes says practical and tactical about doing something here. Yeah. And so yeah, it just kind of all comes together and it's like, well, duh, God mm. orchestrated this to work this way. You just were supposed to, you know get in the boat and go down the river. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's, it, Jessica, there's, there's, there's one thing that I heard you say over and over that it's, this is obviously your theme song and it's, but I've seen you live it out too. And that's that song you referred to the reckless love, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God, you know, and you talked about how it leaves the 99 to pursue the one. And the fact that you're playing that to your staff, <laughs> right. Uh, before probably, or, similar to the time that we're playing it in church. Um, I've seen that in you and I see that in you as well, Takis. Um, I, I, you know, this is still a small town and we don't want to embarrass anybody, but I've watched you over the years, you and Kelly open your home to people that even people in Buckley wouldn't open their home to sure. on Thanksgiving, on Christmas. You know, I'm thinking of uh, young, young people in this community that, you know, I've wondered if, if it's just for you, it's like, yeah, it's this love of God, but what I see is not just a domino, but you being Jesus with skin on. Yeah. You and Kelly both to people that it's like, yeah, we're going to take a risk here. We're going to use our own treasure, our own time. We're going to see people. We're going to love people. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking of a friend of ours, a mutual friend. Yeah. Uh, um, we called him Major Tom, you know, and Jessica, you had some run-ins with Major Tom and he's gone on to be with Jesus now. Uh, but yeah. uh, uh, that was a huge risk. So is, is that part of the passion too, that people saw you, um, because I see you taking it to greater depths, both of you really, um, but. Yeah. And yeah, Tom was one, I really, I thought of it more of, I look back, it's kind of a missed opportunity for a long time because this is somebody that I passed in the halls of the church or the school, but really the church for years and didn't really associate myself with because I was like, he's kind of dirty and this and that. Right. And then. You start to talk to him and you start forming a relationship and you're like, I, I kind of like this guy. And like, you, you kind of don't worry about the rest of it anymore because you don't care. You don't see the rest of the issues because you just love somebody. And so I remember a point where we were working on his house and it was before the whole uh, Freedom Builders came in and did stuff. It was kind of like the, the, the pre-meeting of just the core group. And His house was a, a disaster. Yeah. And it was like a trailer. It, it was, incredibly poor guy. Yeah. It was yeah, on true. these steel girders and stuff and there wasn't really a whole floor there and whatnot. And so it, it or was heat just, or water or. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was, it was really rough. And uh, I remember 
telling Kelly, hey, I, uh, we, I think we were married at this time. Otherwise, we were just about to get married. It was you know, that kind of time frame. And I remember going, yeah, I want to go work on this guy's house. And she's like, well, I'll go with you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> because like, I can't see that. Yeah. I mean, Kelly is this like prim, proper, perfect. There's a lot of peas going on there, you know, but wow. In that house, I've been in that house. Uh, you know, and this is before we had done stuff to it. So you're talking pretty rough situation there and she's got the gloves on and all there. <laughs> and of course, the first time she showed up, she's like, let me bring you sandwiches and make sure you've got what you need. And then it was like, whoa, I'm going to stay for this. Yeah. It was wow. like, whoa. So I could see her heart at that different level to say like, it's one thing to say, I'm going to bring sandwiches and treats and stay from a distance. But to say, roll up my sleeves, I'm getting dirty. Yeah. That was cool. That's cool. That yeah. is. That's really cool. So for both of you guys, I think John hit on it, just kind of this idea of leaving the 99 for the one that we see in Luke 15 as Jesus is sharing that parable. But I think we see it beautifully played out in our community through the lives of both of you guys to to be the one and to see the impact of saints long before us that were driving the church bus or the church yeah. man that had some lemon cookies, right? And lemon. <laughs> that's even the worst kind. I'm sorry about the lemon and the dresses. And how just that simple obedience changed the direction mm-hmm. of a community. It changed that simple obedience, right? Changed the course of history for a place that now we have, we're seeing our school being focused on relationships, which fires me up, right? And we're seeing our village count all of this stuff. And it's like, these kids from old Buckley, Michigan and some lemon cookies, right? And somebody being willing to just be a what we talked about last week, right? A part of that discipleship will of just being a domino. I'm just going to be faithful to give my yes in this area and I'm going to trust that God is going to show up. And I think that's something that we see play out in both of you guys' story, right? Is there was nobody along the way that was forcing anything, but it was just God's faithful providence and sovereignty that kept moving things forward even when it was like oh i finally got out right and then it's like got out twice yeah but i'm back (laughs) and it's the my house won't sell here but we can sell this one and we can come back and it's ultimately i think it's it's undeniable from my perspective that that god's hand is all over both of you guys and how he's using you to impact especially for me that i mean it almost makes me cry thinking about the impact that's happening in the next generation Mm -hmm. because of you guys' lives. And that fires me up because that's my passion. That's my heart. That's why I do what I do. And serving Jesus is to see the next generation equipped because I was a kid that people had to invest in, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys in some of that stuff. And so it's really, really cool to see that commitment to just being a domino. And I think that's what I love. And it if, if we wouldn't ask you guys to come on here, nobody would ever known. And both of you could have been really happy with that as well. And I think just the commitment to do it, to go anyway, um, has been really, really cool. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for coming and sharing all that. And thank you for what you're continuing to do to serve God and serve our community in that way. So, Yeah. You guys got any last things you want to share? Just You know, I remember yeah. one last thing is I remember one of my teammates in college was telling me, you ever see a rehearsal you hall behind it? You don't, right? So you start thinking like, then what's this all for? Like, mm. you might as well invest what you got, use what you got, because you ain't taking it with you anyways. Mm. So it, it just kind of changed my perspective before, because it was like, you know, it's world domination. Who has the most toys wins. And it was like, <laughs> what do you do with the toys when you're gone? Right? Mm. Someone wants to borrow something, use something, let them have it. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Mm. So. Cool. Any final thoughts for the, for the people out there? I, I guess my last part would be just, um, you know, giving people that grace. So, you know, as I'm adult now and a, a parent now and um, looking at how God used all those hardships that we experienced 
for really meaningful. It's part of what makes us stronger as mm-hmm. adults and also grace towards my parents because um, they did a whole lot of things right. They had mm. two of um, mm-hmm. the, the data proves that there, there's lots of things. Yeah. And um, turns out that's really hard. There's just a lot yeah. of different ways you can screw up your kids. And so <laughs> giving, <laughs> yeah. you know, giving grace to all of those people and moving forward and knowing that God's got it, right? Yeah. So it's not something I don't have to do anything particular to make it work out because he's really got that part. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and to me, it's it's just an amazing story. I mean, you guys are an amazing story. I want to say um, thank you to Takis uh, for coming back and for bringing us Kelly and for making this church your church. You serve here. You're a member. You've invested. Um, you've invested in our community. And uh, I know that's pleasing to God. Um, Jessica, thank you for, and I'm being sincere, looking past the reasons, uh, the judgment that, because you were a little bit older when you first came to this church, and looking past the first sermon, you know, as well, you know, <laughs> right? But um, but both of you are amazing dominoes that, that show the reckless love of God, and I do want to be a little bit more like both of you when I grow up. Yeah, um, for sure. And also, uh, thank you for... I don't know if people know this, and we didn't celebrate it properly, but uh, Takis's niece, Jessica's daughter, she's a state champion. I don't mm-hmm. know if you knew that. She's yeah. a she's a state champion in cross cross and track. No, oh, she was second in one and yes, champion in yes. the other. State champion yeah. in the mile, second in the yeah. eight hundred and the five k. So. Come on, I yeah. mean that is amazing. I mean she comes from a running family, but more importantly than the state championship is she picks up my daughter. Gabby on Fridays for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yeah. 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 My boys in the nursery. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. So yeah, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Um, Trace Cakes. Love them. Got to shout them out, right? Trace Cakes. This is the part of the show that everybody either loves or hates is when they turn it off. This is is the only thing they listen to. Listen, there are no free shout outs. No free shout outs. But we keep shouting it out until we get something. But it's not a free shout out. So I need to know, is this the pumpkin... Uh, have you ever had the pumpkin cream cheese topping? Is this Tracy that makes these? Tracy Kalita have those yes. as well. I've had. I believe cake Tracy Kalita can make those. Yeah. Yes, I've yes. had Ted Lasso cookies. The Ted Lasso were works of art. Yeah. yeah. What she doesn't sell is enchiladas, but she makes good enchiladas. She makes uh, great enchiladas. <laughs> she is actually a teacher at Manton, and oh. so I'm beginning the campaign to bring Tracy Kalita to Buckley. What she teach? Uh, everything. I think she. I think no, she no, no, no. Isn't it like sixth grade or seventh grade? Couldn't. She's going to kill me. Yeah. And if <laughs> but, Buckley ever got a football team, Tom Kalita wouldn't leave Kingsley, but oh, we could play him. Her husband is the largest <laughs> human on, at least in the tab. I'm, the other yeah. day he told me I can't say that anymore because we're the same size. Oh, really? Because I was oh. like, man, your golf clubs look small on your back. And he's like, they look the same on you. <laughs> <laughs> so. so no free shout outs and Trace Cakes provides the free stuff. No free shout outs to Skylar Bibles. I'm about to, I'm about to stop shouting them out. Oh, because because we're not seeing in, no movement with no, Skylar. You guys no have a Skylar Bible? You don't have I a Skylar Bible. Okay, that that's an investment. <laughs> that's an investment. When you get the goat skin, don't even change your life. It's, it's shout out Chick Fil A. That shout out worked. No free shout out on that worked. We got Gabby a job. Gabby's got a job at Chick Fil A. <laughs> it's coming. It's what coming. What else do we want? Uh, what else do we want? Uh, <laughs> and then I have a quiz for you after that. Uh, do we want? Um, yeah. Okay, forget it. I, w- I was going to say something bad, but uh, let's, I already have enough Adidas gear. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's your so yeah. John Vermilia rookie card. Rookie which, card. Thank you for bringing stuff. this. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite Bible verse? This is our God. He will be our God forever and ever, even unto death. Dang. 
Dang, you got it. Dang. He made I don't a, remember the reference, but it, it's yeah. Psalm. Yeah, it's a psalm. Um, yeah. You can't play memory games with him. He used to make us try to remember the whole oh, the Romans 12. But but that card, that bicycle kick may be one of the reasons why I, to this day, have problems with the rotator cuff. <laughs> because I always <laughs> I fell on the left landed, side. Yeah, you yeah I, always, I always fell on that left side well, when I did the pass. Well, we all know I can't though. do the pass-in. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. I saw that video. Yeah. Of Jessica doing the throw-in. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to do the flip throw. Okay. Flip throw. Yeah. Yeah, it was an attempt at the flip throw. Was this pose or this a live photo? Uh, that was posed. 100% posed. <laughs> take yeah. 463. Yeah, it was. Take 463. 100%. I was here the day he was trying to kick a bottle off my head. He still got it. No bicycle, but he still got it. Yeah, that was after about 15 tries, but that was <laughs> so, good. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you guys uh, so much for joining us and uh, putting up with us for that long. So, yeah. Yeah. Tab family, until next time, this is Takis, Jessica, John, and Britton signing off. <laughs>